Well, glory to God. Happy to have all of you here today. And again, if this is your first time, we welcome you and and trust that you feel welcome and that you uh, find something in the service that you like and uh, um, try us again. Praise the Lord. Those uh, that are watching by Internet, we again, as Pastor Scarlett always invites you, you're always welcome here to join us live in the service. And there is just something special about coming into uh, the room, uh, to the auditorium, the chapel, whatever you want to call it, with other believers and worshiping together. This, this, uh, Paul uh, talked about that. He said that we would encourage each other with our mutual faith. And so, uh, there's something about it. Isn't even if, even if you don't say a big prophetic, I call it the parking lot prophets, get a hold of you, you know. But even, <laughs> even if you don't have a big prophetic word that someone's given you or you're giving them, uh, it's not so much that. It's just the being together and the spirit that we have with each other. Amen. And that you know that somebody's interested in you and, and, um, and vice versa, right? Praise God. Uh, we are interested in each other. We are interested and concerned. Uh, about our lives and, uh, and, uh, we want the blessings of the Lord and the peace of God that passes all of our stuff, passes understanding. So you might understand that you've got problems. Uh, hey, welcome to the club. We all have problems, but thank God we have Jesus and he has overcome all of these things. And if we're in Christ, then we are in an overcoming uh, state of being, a fluid overcoming state of being all the time. Amen. So it just stands to reason, I've always said this to uh, in the faith movement, if, if you're going to be an overcomer, you might have something to overcome from time to time. It's just a thought, you know, just saying. <laughs> Amen. But guess what? We do overcome. And our testimony for eternity, think about what our testimony in eternity is. It's not, you know, well, I believed for this and my faith was so great. But our our uh, testimony in heaven for eternity will be, I overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of his testimony. Amen. And heaven is the ultimate revenge on the devil. <laughs> Hallelujah, isn't it? Or <laughs> just rejoice forevermore. And, uh, then the Bible talks about pit day when God throws the devil in the pit, uh, and seals him off. Amen. And it, it's, it mocks him. It says that people will say, is this the one that deceived the nations? Is this the one that, that was so, you know, seeming strong and prolific? And we get to say any bad thing we want to say about the devil. Praise the Lord. On pit day, praise the Lord. That is, so we have some days to look forward to. When we all get to heaven, eventually, after all the eating and carrying on, we're going to have a pit day and throw the devil in the pit. So praise the Lord. You have something to look forward to. See? <laughs> have you got your Bible? All right. If you don't, fine. We put it on the screen. Um, I'm, 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 I'm preaching today on... Prayer for leadership. And it's interesting because 
the Bible is full. I, I didn't really realize till we started kind of studying this out and looking at it. And uh, Pastor Scarlett helped me with some of this. But uh, we begin to look at how much that the Apostle Paul especially requested prayer. And he he's pretty good about saying why he wanted the prayer, not just religiously keep me in your prayers, put me on your prayer list, pray for me, and then people's prayers are, Lord, touch him and bless him, touch him and bless him. Well, that's that's good, touching and blessing. Want to be touched, want to be blessed. But there's deeper prayers than that, amen, and more specific. And we can get very strategic with our praying, and we can pray for our pastor. We can pray for uh, evangelists and teachers and, and, and missionaries in the body of Christ and Amen. And some of the leadership and, uh, you know, if you're a part of a denomination, you can pray for those denominational leaders. If you're a part of a ministerial fellowship uh, or maybe some great Bible teacher that has blessed you in some way, you can pray for them as leaders from the word. And um, and there's just some exciting things here for us to look at this morning. And, you know, you know, God. The uh, Bible says that God is not unjust and unfair. Whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. So if you sow time and energy and effort into prayer and your spirit man and engaged in your soul, your in your mouth, amen, you know, it takes a little time. You have to set yourself aside to really pray properly. I mean, you can pray, you know, we always say you can breathe a prayer, you can pray driving down the freeway, whatever, that's true. And you can pray in emergency situations too, just at the drop of a hat, because there's something happening. We need to take, get a hold of God. But you know, there's something about taking time in the day, a, uh, and setting aside a time to just pray and talk to the Lord and kind of with your inward GPS and sensing devices that God's put in there by the Spirit. I'm using that, you know, as an illustration. You can sense the direction of prayer. Because, you know, you might be thinking about some loved one or somebody that needs to touch from God, and that's on your prayer list, and you're trying to pray. But the Lord will direct you. Sometimes you're thinking, well, I, I should be praying for Sister Smith because she's just going through such a time. You think, you know, I don't really have a lot of unction to pray for that right this minute. I'm going to, but the Lord's leading you to pray for something else. Um, and, and in that, don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit will get everybody prayed for, uh, it, with people who are sensitive to the Spirit. And so, uh, we can always have a prayer list and a prayer request like we do in church worlds, you know, so, um, traditionally. But I'm talking about breaking out of that pattern and praying as the Spirit leads. And specifically this morning, we're talking about Praying for our leaders. Praying for leadership within the body of Christ. Now, if you think that that's unusual, think about it. Even Jesus himself asked for prayer. Now, that's, that's, a, that's, that's, that's maybe a, a new thought for us, but it kind of hit me a couple of days ago. We were just driving around and said, you know, Jesus asked for prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. He, he's asked not so much for prayer, but he said, would you pray with me? Something, if Jesus believed 
that praying together as believers uh, had power, then who are we to neglect that? Amen? Praise God. So I, I got pretty fired up thinking about that, about Jesus uh, requesting prayer. Amen? But uh, let's look at one scripture here to talk about what is the power of prayer? What, what, how do we, you know, do we need a, a book of prayers? You know, there's nothing wrong with getting a book of prayers or, you know, I, I, my goodness, the, uh, the Anglicans have had a, a book of prayer forever and some of them are pretty good. I've read some of them. They're not bad prayers. The, uh, the word of faith movement would probably th- not approve of the Anglican prayer book, but they have their own prayer book called Prayers That Avail Much. <laughs> and a lot of people, um, especially when they were starting out with their walk with the Lord, they really didn't, they wanted to pray, but they really didn't know how to pray that we, they would hear, pray, pray the word, pray in the spirit, pray this, pray that. And they really didn't know how to do it. And so these books like that, uh, a great friend of our family, Jermaine Copeland, wrote that, Prayers That Avail Much. And, uh, uh, she, you know, put in there all kinds of topical prayers. You know, you could pray for your kids. You could pray for the prayers for leadership was in that book too. So there's nothing wrong with having a prescribed prayer that you read, that you, that you are to start out there and kind of prime the pump, as I say. Start as, as one, uh, minister said, start in the flesh and end up in the spirit. But start, do something, praise God, pray the Lord's prayer, start there, do pray something, amen? Well, what if I'm going the wrong direction? Well, let me tell you something, it's impossible to steer a parked car. And sometimes you're on a street and you're going the wrong way, especially in Florida, it's the U-turn capital of the universe. And uh, and so I don't know who designed the roads, but the whole state's like this, you know, from Pensacola to Miami is... uh you know, U-turn city, but sometimes you gotta, it's like, I want to go that way, but to go that way, I got to go this way first and make a U-turn. So it's okay to make a U-turn in prayer, <laughs> make a U-turn in spirit. Sometimes I've done, I've done that. I've started out with what I thought was going to be prayed. And then I, I did a U-turn and went the opposite direction. It's okay, folks. God's not uptight. If they prayed wrong, I'm not listening. It's, <laughs> that's not. <laughs> That's not who God is. Amen. Thank God everything we do is in His mercy and in His, in His grace. And, and He knows our weaknesses and He knows our, you know, how our brain and flesh can get involved. And He overlooks it, folks. He's a God of grace. It's not perfection. We're not looking for perfection. We're just looking for action. Amen. Let's do it. It's like a kid learning to play softball. You know, he's gonna, he's gonna strike out. He's gonna run the wrong way and he's gonna do whatever the, in the beginning, but at least get out and play. At least get out there on the field and do it. Amen. That's what I'm saying about prayer. You might strike out a time or two, but go, just don't worry about it. You know, Jesus said about prayer, he said, I thank my God that he hears me always when I pray. And you know, sometimes we think, well, I really hit a home run with that prayer. I, I felt, ooh, I felt it, ooh, oh, ooh, you know. But then there's times where you felt nothing. You, you felt absolutely, you know, flat. 
And then somebody came and said, you know, you prayed for me and, and I was healed or whatever. And it's like, well, I wasn't on my own because I didn't feel anything. I, you don't tell people that. <laughs> but it's the truth. All right. Get, get, get with it here. You, are you enjoying any of this at all? All right. That's the first miracle today. All right. Uh, look at James. We're going to look at start here. James 5 and 16 says the part B, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The fervent, the effectual or fervent means with fervency means with heat. There's, 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 it's a hot prayer. Amen. Uh, of a righteous man about. Now, if, uh, Jerry Lee, if you'll put that up there, uh, uh, in the, uh, Amplified Classic, Amplified Classic, uh, notice the earnest, the latter part, the earnest, heartfelt, and, and continued. Sometimes our prayers continue. We'll pray for a session. How long's a session? Please don't ask that. Just doesn't matter. It can be a minute. It can be an hour. It doesn't matter. But, uh, a prayer time, a prayer episode, you could say. Uh, sometimes it's to be continued. You ever been watching a Western or something and it'll say to be continued on the next broadcast or whatever and you gotta wait a week. You used to. Now you can watch everything. The earnest heartfelt, heartfelt. It's from your hearts. It's on your heart. It's something God's put there. It's a burden, we could say, that you're carrying. And you say, i got to pray this out. The earnest, heartfelt, continued. Sometimes it's continued. You continue to pray. Uh, Kenneth Hagin said that he prayed for a, a relative of his one time for 30 years. 30 years he carried that prayer burden. Now, that wasn't the only thing he prayed about. But it would keep coming up every time he would pray. And it was, it was for his brother. And he said, you know, Lord, I, I call, you know, Dub. And he used to say, Lord, save Dub. And then finally the Lord said, what do you want me to do to save him that I haven't already done? It's kind of a ridiculous prayer. Lord, save Dub. And he said, the, the, uh, he learned to pray uh, another prayer for the lost, which is, Lord, send a laborer across his path. And so laborers would come and they would witness to him and they would water that seed, amen, and and continue. I'm going to tell you that about witnessing too, just a little side note from Evangelist David here, is never feel reject rejection or take it personal. If you're witnessing, you're sharing your faith and somebody rejects you or gives you the finger or cusses you out or whatever else and says, I don't want to hear this nonsense. I grew up in church and I hate all that. You know, don't worry about it. You're just, you're obeying God. You're sharing your faith. You're sharing the gospel and, and the Lord's using you as either the seed. You're either digging up the dirt or you're putting in the seed or you're watering it. But, uh, sometimes you don't, you know, you, you water a seed and it's just, you dig it up and doesn't look like much has happened. But you keep you keep tending to it, and eventually you have a beautiful plant or a, a vegetable or whatever. So that's the way it goes with prayer sometimes and with witnessing. And just because you pray and don't see instant results, don't get discouraged. 
Continued is the key word. Continued. Scarlett and I have things on our prayer list that um, we are continuing in prayer. Amen. And uh, of a of a righteous man, well, does that does that a guy that that keeps the law perfect and everything's just so? No, a righteous person is a person who has, has accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and uh, is a believer. Amen. And believes in righteousness by faith. Amen. That Jesus is their righteousness. So, uh, how many righteous people we have in here today? Amen. You're righteous. Amen. Uh, doesn't mean you're perfect um, in performance or perfect in behavior, but it means that you have the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. Righteous man makes tremendous. Everybody say tremendous. That's a big word. Tremendous power. Not not a little mercy drop flicked off the desk of heaven like a green pea. Tremendous power. Tremendous what? Power. How many believe there should be power in prayer? Should be powerful. Should be able to change things. Change the situation and turn it around. Tremendous power available. Wow. It's kind of like driving a car that's got a little spunk to it, you know. We used to say you wanted a V8 engine with with a double carburetor and twin exhaust. And uh, you could also get your buddy up the street to soup it up a little more than that. Turn up some tuning. Amen. And so even if you didn't use it, it felt good to have that tremendous power available. Amen. Extra power. Praise God. You don't have to pray and feel like you're just a plebe down here, you know, begging God to just kind of, like I said, flick a blessing off the desk of heaven. But you can get involved with this tremendous power available area where you have more than enough unction and power and authority to get the job done. Oh, it's so beautiful when that happens. And otherwise, it's a drag. You know, have you ever been ordered to pray by some prayer orderer person? And, uh, you know, and it's just there's no unction and they're kind of watching you, to see, you know. But when you get into the earnest, heartfelt, continued department, <laughs> you end up in this area where you have this tremendous power available dynamic in its working. Dynamic means uh, that dynamic comes from the Latin original uh, of uh, same word as dynamite. In other words, it's got it's got power to it. Amen. And uh, of course, uh, we have. I think that's all wonderful. You, you could quit right there and have a great message on prayer right there. I mean, I mean, if we think, listen, folks. Just because a situation is the way it is doesn't mean it has to stay that way. That's right. Well, it's just the way life is. Sometimes, you know, we just kind of bump along. No, we don't have to live like that. We can stand up straight and tall and say, I have the victory because of Christ and because of, of, of this prayer uh, 
Availability. I love the word available. It's available. Amen. Available. Dynamic. Well, I don't like, you know, you maybe you don't like your financial situation. You don't like your health situation. You don't like your living situation. You don't like your driving situation. You don't like the way your kids are treating you or your grandkids or whatever. But I'm telling you, you can change it and start. And it's amazing when you, when you pray these things and then all of a sudden you start seeing a turn. You know, it's like, now this doesn't work for Florida because our weather is weird here, but in uh, four season states, you can tell without looking at the calendar that it's fall that's coming, right? Because there's just a, a cooling in the air, and at night it starts to cool down, right? And the leaves start changing colors, and, and there's, there's signs uh, around you that something is changing, something is turning, it's going to be different. The days are going to be uh, different than they have been. And that's the same way it is in seasons in life. Praise God, you can begin to see the situation turn. Amen? Praise God, all right? Now we've got see the situation with Jesus. Let's look at this. This is, we got to move right along here. Matthew 26, again, we're talking specifically. Now these, these, Principles work for any kind of praying, for any kind of situation. Amen? But um, Matthew 26, we'll try to move as quickly through some of this as we can. I just want you to see that Jesus asked for prayer. So let's, uh, let's start at verse 36. Um, amen. And there we go. Okay. Then Jesus, uh, then comes Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and said unto his disciples, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. I'm going to go over here kind of by myself and pray. And then he says, and he took with him, not just by himself. Now, why didn't he? He's the son of God. You know, he's the Messiah. He's going to now he's stepping into the night of starting to fulfill his final work on earth as far as his, his messianic call and his sacrificial call as the lamb slain. Amen. This is a big deal. This is a big night. This is important. And it says, he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Sorrowful and very heavy. All right. Then said he unto them, my soul, just my soul. He hadn't even had, uh, you know, they hadn't whipped him. There was no crown of thorns. His hands had not been pierced. He had not been tortured physically yet. But he says this. You know, you can be tortured in your soul. Did you know that? You can have uh, such a heaviness in your mind, in your soul, that it's, it's, uh, well, what did he say? My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. I feel like I'm going to die here. And he says, Terry, you here and watch with me. Now, watch is a prayer 
word. That's a prayer department word. Watch. Uh, we've been told by the Lord to watch and pray. Watch and pray. Amen? Watch. Pray. Pray according to what you're seeing while you're watching. All right. Keep, keep going. And he went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. This is his prayer. And, and they're supposed to be praying with him. Now, there's something about the spirit taking hold. You know, we won't turn there right now because I can see we have opened up a subject here that we could go a few weeks with all of us that teach and preach in this pulpit. But I'm telling you, these are important subjects and it can make a difference in our lives and in the lives of our leadership in our church. Amen. So it's easy to criticize the leadership. What are they doing? Why are they doing? What? You know, it's easy to do that, but it's, it takes a little more effort to just pray for them. Amen. So, you know, it's easy to criticize, but uh, a little more uh, thought goes into praying for them. And if you're praying for your leaders, you're not quite so apt. We're, we, I'm, I'm including myself, we're not quite so apt to be just critical and um, gossipy and judgmental. Amen. But we can we can say, oh, well, I'm praying. I know there's a weakness there, but I'm praying for that. Amen. I know there's a, been a problem in that area, but we're praying for them. And it's just hard to pray and curse at the same time. You want to pray and bless. Preach, Pastor. He cometh unto the disciples and finding them asleep. Now, they're not supposed to be sleeping. They're supposed to be praying. I've seen people fall asleep in prayer meetings. All the way to snoring and then deny it. (laughs) The Lord was speaking to me down there on the floor. Well, no, okay. All right. I'm pretty sure I heard snoring. Well, that was groanings, which can't be uttered. Okay. There's something. Uh, he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and said unto Peter, What? <laughs> I love that. What? Could you not watch with me? So Jesus is using the word prayer and watch interchangeably. So praying has with it the quality of watching like a watchman on the wall to to interpret the times and all that's happening, right? What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Okay. Watch and pray, he said, that you enter not into temptation. Boy, he really needed to say that to Peter, didn't he? He couldn't hold any papers with the assemblies of God. He denied Christ three times, and that's the unpardonable sin. He's done, you know. They won't even let him preach on the Indian reservation, much less anywhere else. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Well, we know that. We want, we want to just watch TV or something, you know. We don't want to take that time, right? He went, this isn't to condemn anybody. Please don't get in, don't go there. He went away, oh, with the church, and it made me feel bad because I'm not praying enough, you know. Well, that's not the point, all right? He went away again the second time and prayed. He's still praying. Jesus is praying. Thank God. 
and saying, oh, my father, if this cup may pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Let's keep rolling. And he came and found them asleep again. Even after being reprimanded, they still can't stop sleeping. For their eyes were heavy. Well, they were sleepy. It's not, your eyes were heavy. What's the deep meaning of that? They were sleepy. That's the deep meaning. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Okay, keep going. Then cometh he to his disciples, and he said unto them, I think kind of like pitifully, Sleep on now, take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. In other words, the time for prayer is over. You had a window to pray, and now it's too late. That's why he said that. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. In other words, Jesus, I believe, got the comfort and the strength and the grace to do what he had to do. Uh, but he was wanting them to take part in it. How many would have given anything to be at that prayer meeting with Jesus? To help him over into the thing that he had to do. And this is what we do when we pray for our pastor. When we pray for our assistant pastors and, and, and our leaders and our overseers and our, our, you know, directors of things or whatever, uh, Brother Copeland, whoever that you're praying for. When we pray for our leaders, amen. Sometimes we don't realize that we are, uh, 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 like holding up the arms of the prophet, like holding up Elijah, amen. We are actually helping them and can help them over into the obedience that they have to do. If you think I get all giddy about flying to Cape Town from Tampa, you don't know me at all. I would rather sit home. I'm telling you. And I have to yield to that calling and I get the phone calls and, and, uh, from very reputable ministries and saying, this is our people there. We need you to go. Will you go? And then all I read is civil unrest, racial violence, you know, uh, COVID, the, the, the latest COVID always starts in Africa. I mean, it's the truth. Everything, everything bad, you know, you read in the State Department's issuing warnings. And, but they're saying, but you can go if you want to. You're on your own kind of. Well, you know, oh yeah, sure. Uh, that's exciting. That's like a trip to Disneyland, ain't it? But I have to, I have to get over what I just want to do and obey God. And someone else wants to go so bad and God's not called them to do that. And then they're the ones that get in trouble. But, you know, so Scarlett and I, you know, we've, We've made the reservations and we're going, but, um, and it'll be great and we'll have great results and a good time. The Lord's already given us favor with a lot of things, but I'm just telling you that sometimes every pastor, every minister has to, 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 to make that step into the next assignment. We don't rest on our laurels here. 
well, I used to be with brother so-and-so, and I did this, and I did that. Well, dandy, you know, let's put it in the photo album. Uh, and on the 50th anniversary, everybody can look at it and, and ooh and goo. But besides that, it, it, that's, that's the value of what used to be. We, we have now. What are we going to do now about our world? What are we going to do now about the lost? What are we going to do now about the sick and and those that need a touch of the Lord? Amen? And so we're stepping out in faith this year with nothing that's really changed other than our obedience, you know, to do this, uh, to build a television studio and, and to, to go on TV and, and, uh, get it on the air. That's another whole deal, you know, and, and, and getting it, uh, to where it's quality enough for broadcasters to take it. And it's, that's not easily done. It's not just, you know, let's get goober with the camera, you know, to hold, you know, what, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you have to do a lot of things, right? And it has to be a certain level. And, um, so what I'm saying is, uh, to, to step into that and say, yes, we're going to do it. Yes, we're going to raise this money. Yes, we're going to step into that and, and, and make that happen. And, 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 and like Jesus, you're, you're tarrying uh, over God's will and you need the saints of God to get behind you and help lift you up and over into that. It's like, it's like pushing somebody over the wall. Hope I've clarified. And, uh, we're going to do it. We're all going to do it, aren't we? Now, here's the great thing about it. I got some, we've got so many scriptures and I'm out of time. So maybe we'll just, maybe we'll continue Wednesday night with some of this and, and, and whatever, but, um, th- th- these are some notes, uh, just from, uh, and I'm just going to touch on these. So, uh, if we keep up with the scriptures, great. If not, you know, you can write them down. And these are some observations from the prayer request of the apostle Paul. So we, we see Jesus with his prayer request, right? We see that. And it wasn't so much that they're praying, God help Jesus. That, that, w- that wouldn't be an appropriate prayer for Jesus. God help Jesus. But they were, he wanted them to pray with him. And, and y'all, you know, it's like pushing against the weight of something. The Bible talks about it in Romans 8 about, uh, taking hold together against, taking hold uh, together against the resistance. So it would be like, now, let me tell you, this Mason and Hamlin grand piano here, which is overbuilt, they are, that brand, um, but that piano's about 600 pounds. Um, and so if we're going to, if I, if I say, you know, we're going to rearrange the stage, I want to put the piano up back up here, uh, well, if I'm going to lift it by myself, I, I could actually hurt myself. I could damage the instrument. I could damage the, I could cause a lot of problems trying to move this piano. But if I said, let's all gather around, however many can get around it and lift together, you know, we, we, we could probably make that happen. Uh, we have made that happen before. We've moved it off the stage onto the floor. So the point is, is that, um, we take hold together against the weight of this instrument. That's what corporate prayer looks like. 
And if you don't know how to pray like the way you would like to pray to make that tremendous power available, during a prayer meeting, you know, move a little closer to somebody that is praying. And you don't have to, like, you know, be all over them or whatever. (laughs) But you could sit near them or on the row behind them or something. And you could just emulate what they're doing. Amen? Uh, and, and kind of get into the spirit of it with them and, and, and say, I'm, I'm with this, I'm with Sister Sue here and we're taking hold together against the weight of the resistance. Where's the resistance coming from? The enemy. Who doesn't want the plans of God to go forward? Alright, so real quick, uh, here's one observation. We might not get through all of them. One is that, uh, let me, let me get over here. One is that Paul believed prayer to be powerful, effective, and necessary. And here's what he said. This is, he often asked for prayer. The Apostle Paul, the great one, <laughs> asked for prayer. I know that, this is Philippians 1.19. He says, I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Now, so he could have said, uh, through the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. That would be good, wouldn't it? How many believe that's helpful? But he said, through your prayers and the help of the Spirit. Amen? See, God wants our spiritual life to be a corporate thing. We need the body of Christ. These people that say, I can just worship God at home. I don't need no other Christians. I don't need no pastor. I don't need no nothing. Well, you need a brain is what you need. Praise the Lord. Those are available. Uh, and uh, because you're talking nonsense, that is not Christianity. I'm the Lone Ranger. That is not Christianity. Christianity is about community. It's about all of the body of Christ working together taking hold together against the enemy for the, the the kingdom and the plan of God to go forth. Well, I don't like Sister Ledbetter. Well, so what? You know, what does that have to do with this? Nothing. It's stupid. Praise God. Can I say stupid? I, I said stupid one time, and a lady got upset at me and came and said, we don't let our children say stupid. Well, I'm thinking, well, that's stupid. Okay. <laughs> It is an English word, I think. I think the king said that word. Uh, he also knew, in other words, so he believed in the power of that. He also knew that when we pray for someone in ministry, then we're talking about specifically, there's a lot of general things, but we're talking specifically about praying for leadership and those in ministry, okay? When, when we pray for someone in ministry, we join them in ministry. So, no, not everybody can get on the plane and go to Cape Town. But everybody can get on the prayer train and go with us in spirit and with us in prayer and help the ministry more than just us going by ourselves. So we take all of you and many of you watching on Internet and our David Horton Ministries, uh, Horton Ministries International mailing list. And we put out these words and we believe people are praying with us and, and taking hold together with us. Amen. Yeah. 
So he said in Romans 15.30, uh, latter part, he said, Strive together with me. Strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. So he believed that it was joined together. He also said the same thing with the strongest possible appeal. He said, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. So in other words, we're striving together when we pray for our leadership. Amen? How many want to see the church go and grow and touch more lives? It's not about having, you know, somebody in the seat, but it's about people being touched and being encouraged and being blessed. Amen? And them finding their kingdom assignment through the local church. Uh, when we pray for other believers in ministry, we strive with them in God's work. God uses our prayers to propel others to greater heights and effectiveness in ministry. Um, that would not be there without the prayers of faithful friends. Amen? And so we can really make a difference. Uh, and then Paul desired to serve the church and fellowship with her. Romans 15, 31, 32, he said, Pray that my service in Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints there, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and together with you be refreshed. I'm going to go off and, and preach in Jerusalem. I'm coming back, and, and what happens there I'm bringing with me, and we're going to all be blessed. Uh, you know, he even talked about uh, encouraging them to prepare a guest room for him. Uh, when the prayer was answered, he was able to visit. Uh, you know, he, he, he was expecting the fellowship of the saints. Um, Paul asked for a bold and clear proclamation of the gospel. He said, uh, uh, let, let's start here. His, his first prayer request was from Ephesians uh, 6.19. He says he requests prayer for the right words, the right words in sharing the gospel. That's from Ephesians 6.19. To proclaim the gospel without fear, Ephesians 6.20, a clarity in communication, Colossians 4.4, 4, uh, doors to be open for the gospel, uh, and that God's word would speed ahead and be honored. Uh, he doesn't want to leave any room for miscommunication, but rather praise and request prayer for the gospel to run through his ministry. Amen. Um, and then there's more here, and I'm not going to take the time. This kind of turns a, a different direction here. But Paul had specific prayer requests that they're not all the same. They almost sound the same because it's King James English, and it all sounds the same, hither and thither and yon. But uh, when you really tear it apart, and you look at the Amplified and different scriptures, you can see he has specific, different, differing, Specific differing prayer request. That's called what I call strategies in prayer. 
Now, when we start getting into strategies in prayer, I think we can become more effective. Amen. How many is on board? Do you want to be a part? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I think it's wonderful. And I, my heart for this year, uh, 2022, is that this church grows in the prayer department, that we grow and that we, by the end of the year, are at least able to develop some prayer teams. And sometimes you can make a prayer team. It can be just three people, three, four people that pray specifically for the pastor. Somebody else prays, and even though all should be praying, but somebody else prays for those who are on the hospital or the sick list. Somebody else prays for the finances of the church. See different strategic things. Others pray for prayer requests that come in from around the world. So we thank God we're going to have that. Amen. Amen. And uh, you're going to all be a part of it. And God help us. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand up and we'll pray here at the end for those in the, especially watching. If you're here, if you have a prayer need, uh, especially physical need, put your hand where you're suffering. Jesus will touch you where you have a need. And uh, we believe in healing, amen, and, uh, and, and health. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those that are here. I thank you that those that are having any kind of physical ailment, I thank you for your divine touch right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for healing. Thank you for relieving symptoms and pain and correcting that which is causing the problem. Uh, Satan, take your hands off of God's property. You have no right. Uh, you have no place. You have no authority here in Jesus' name. We command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, those with cancers and tumors and strange growths and things on their bodies. I thank you, Lord, that those things have to fall by the wayside in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, those that are tormented in their mind with fear and doubt and, and uh, unbelief and, um, and, and, and even um, uh, depression and those things and, and, and um, impure thoughts, whatever it is that would be coming against them. In Jesus' name, be free from that. I thank you, Lord, for your delivering power. Lord, those that are bound by alcohol and drugs and pornography and, and uh, other, other kinds of sensual things, in Jesus' name, we thank you for their deliverance. We thank you for setting them free in the name of Jesus. Father, I just feel like adding this to the prayer today. Those who are, are, are sad because their children aren't speaking to them or or uh, grandchildren are being kept from them, or something like that. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you that you cause that situation to turn around and to and to be normal and to be right and and to be honorable. In Jesus' name, Amen. Praise the Lord.